Hi, I'm Havla Kennington. Welcome to the Havla Podcast. And I am thrilled to welcome you to another episode of the podcast and another moment in the series. We've had a full month of a series that we have called Healthy Boundaries. And I don't know about you, but we're coming into the holidays. We got a lot going on. The end of the year is a wrapping up. And boundaries are one of those things that you don't just want and done it. You have to actually maintain it, look at it. We're going to talk all about that. Um, I love it because I'm not alone today. I have not only like one of my closest friends and somebody that I've got to do life with for many years, but also our Truth Academy director, Caitlin Zick, is here. And she, if you don't know her, she has, well, she's a wife of her husband, Cole Zick, who is a pastor, a local pastor here at Risen King Church. And uh, they have four kids. They did get their bonus. Their their fourth baby was a girl. So I do resent that a little, but I got the boy as the fourth. And she ran More Revolution, her and her husband, after we transitioned out of More Revolution, which is a nonprofit organization that uh, really helps to build healthy sexuality in church environments and in the home. Uh, they ran that for almost six years as well. And then they just transitioned out to be senior pastors. But I still get her in my life because she accepted the opportunity to come and be the Truth Academy director. So uh, listen, everything she talks about, I, again, I have guests on here and I love it when we have people I don't know, but everything that Kate is going to talk about, I know firsthand because we've done life together and we've really built some amazing seasons together and highs and lows and all the things. So today we're going to talk about what it looks like to have boundaries as a working woman, whether you're a mom or a grandmother, or you're just rocking your single life and you need some serious boundaries. We're going to talk about that today. I hope that this is inspiring. I suggest you go get your walking shoes on. Maybe you pop in your earbuds, get that cup of coffee, and let's just dive into this topic of boundaries, but specifically for the working woman, which I say, Kate, I say working woman, but the truth is all of us are really working. Yeah, I don't know, but it's not so working, true. right? And it's very true. I had a, a room full of women yesterday at my house, and the majority of them were single or single moms. And they're the hardy, hardest working group of women I know. Yeah. So I, the idea that being a mom is the hardest job, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can possibly say that. But what I do know is being a woman is yeah. hard mm -hmm. and having boundaries as a woman is hard as well. But I want to welcome you to the podcast. Yes, thank <laughs> you. I'm so excited. I am glad you're here. I love, you guys can't see, but she's wearing this beautiful red sweater and she looks all <laughs> holiday and beautiful. And um, I'm really excited about this topic because uh, we've done life together. We both have been in full-time ministry. Um, we've done seasons together where we've run the same ministry at different times. We have had kids at different seasons, but the same kind of stages. And I watched you just navigate boundaries. So when you talk about working boundaries for a, a working boundary for a working mom, it's kind of what I want to call it. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about that and why, you know, what would you go, okay, if somebody was listening, here's the first thing I would think of and what I know would be important that we talk about. I think boundaries in your calendar. That's the first thing that pops into my mind. It's what has changed the game for my life. Boundaries? I, I did not anticipate that. That's it. That's like my <laughs> number one. Okay, so let's talk about this for a minute. You are, okay, was that, did that start at the beginning like that for you or was that something you no, came up with? No, I came up with it. Well, I, I remember sitting in 
a session for pastors and women in ministry, both men and women. And the speaker was sharing and it was very much like off the cuff, like, hey, guys, we're going to talk vulnerably here of like what makes or breaks leaders, leaders, like what leads to their downfall. And so this pastor was sharing a story that he got with his one of his like lifelong people, like heroes. And when he asked him, he said, what would you advise me? And he said, calendar, your life will be either made or broken by your calendar. Wow. And so I think that probably took root and stuck out to me. But then I've been able to see it and try to help lead other women in it. Um, it's as practical as really time blocking, looking at color coding for what your different compartments. I think women, whether you're mom or not, you have all these different compartments of your life. Friends, your time with the Lord, your alone time, your work schedule, maybe two jobs. Right now I'm working two jobs. Yes. I have four kids. I'm like, they all need their own colors. <laughs> my time with my husband, my time with God. And so then when you actually set it all out and you're able to see how your time is being spent and if it's where your priorities and what you value lives, then you can know, oh, that's why I'm feeling off because I have no yellow time. If yellow time is your God time and you have none or alone time, whatever recharges you, then you realize, oh, this is why I'm off. This is why I'm off. So, okay, when you started this, I mean, did you ever do it poorly? Oh, yeah. Before? Okay. So. I'm still not an expert. <laughs> I still have lots of ideals that I have not gotten to. To be honest, both of my new worlds, because everything's new for me right now. It is. So I haven't even gotten our either team. is Like, I know our team is still working on how do we calendar. We have some geniuses behind the scenes we helping do. us figure it out. And then in our new church world, they there were no systems. So we're creating it. So right now I'm in chaos unless I make my own. And I'm like, like, but nobody can see it, the people important in my life. So it's it's not perfect now. And then there were definitely seasons where I actually had somebody come in and help me time block because I couldn't do it. I couldn't figure it out. Okay, let's start there. I'm so curious. So you looked at your calendar and you're like, because when I hear about time blocking or calendars, I'm like, well, my life is set because I have to work from eight to eight and then or eight to six. And then I've got my kids. So how much flexibility do I have? So when you started, why was it hard to time block? And then what was the first thing they did? Honestly, it was out of pain of people, me not getting back to people, me not being able to figure it out, me always feeling flustered, going from one meeting inside of work hours to the next. But if you don't have a little bit of prep time for the meeting, you're coming in blind. And then if you don't have any time to wrap it up after, then you're not doing the tasks you just got from the meeting. So it was even looking at inside of my work world, this is why everything's suffering. I'm sitting and meeting, 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 like you're face to face with people all day you don't actually have task time um, and how how to avoid that, how to get back at it. So it was just somebody sitting down with me. Really, we looked at pain points and then we figured out priorities and we figured out what are things that somebody else could do that it's not something only you can do. Okay, let's talk about pain points. Like what? Like not having time with your spouse or? Yeah, well, I would say pain points of just my, <laughs> I don't know if this is an all-woman thing or if it's just personality-based, but I constantly have a list of people running in my head that I'm failing. <laughs> always is that is that I do too oh yeah what like, is that like I know who's waiting on yes. me I know who I'm not enough for right yes. now I know that I have not gotten there I'm like it's in my head but I can't so. I I have that I'm wondering if our listeners do too I absolutely have that list and then it, it's almost like if I let that be there I get I feel drained just mm -hmm. thinking about the people I'm disappointing mm -hmm. but what's funny is when I look at my calendar and it is sorted then I'm like that's why I can't do that it actually gives me more breathing room and freedom to realize, wow, because I hate the narrative of, oh, you're so busy. I hate bothering you. Like I ask people, please do not talk yeah. to me like that. Like 
I am. I have a full life. We probably all have full lives. I think switching out that busy for full. But then when I get to see what it's full of, then you teach it. I think you said it in your first series. This episode was when your yes is set, your no is easy. So when I know what my yeses are going to, those no's get so much easier of like, oh, I wish I had time for that, but this is what I've got. So when you set up yours, obviously, like, how did you start it? Did you just take a whole week and did you start with your values or did you start with your have tos? What did you start with? Yeah, I think values like color coding and figuring out what are your priorities and your values, right? So the things that won't get calendared are often the most important things. Wow. Hold on. Say that. That's, that's good. <laughs> the things that won't make it on your calendar are the most important things in your life. Do you think it's because we just assume we're going to do it because it's important? Well, like time with spouse and God can honestly go without you're not going to get fired. You're still going to get paid. You know, like it, the, the kids are still fed. The sh- groceries are still showing up in the fridge. So they're kind of the things that we feel the pain point later, like, oh, I feel disconnected from God. Oh, my spouse and I are at each other. But where's the time for either of those important things on your calendar? Or if for you, if you're like, I need, I, I'm an extrovert, so I don't recharge, but I know many listening are like, I just need alone time. Like, I'm an introvert. <laughs> if I don't have that, I'll kill everybody. So if you're an introvert, like knowing, oh, well, that's something that's a priority for you. So where is that living on your calendar? Or maybe you need a day to work at home alone. Like, do you have that freedom with your boss to say, I'll actually get so much more done and be a better employee if I could have this space? So really looking at what are your priorities and how to fit them in. Brilliant. Brilliant. So you started, does your week look the same most of the time when you time block or is it that you have every week you time block? Every week. But there's there's your repeated events that, you know, your staff meetings or um, I I've even so one thing I scheduled in was praying for my four kids. So it's like Monday is Caleb, Tuesday is Connor, Wednesday is Cade, Thursday is Chloe, Friday is my marriage. And it's just on the top of my calendar every day. Do I get to it every day? No, (laughs) but it's there. I love it. And when I wake up and that's what I first see and think, I'm like, yep, it's that day. We're going to pray for that. Like, Because you just feel overwhelmed with the people in your life, especially if you're a working mom. You do. You do. Then you're, you're, you're at church kids. and you hear them talking about pregnant for your kids. You're like, when am I going to do that? <laughs> I know. It's just true. Trying to wipe their butts. It's or true. Get them their homework or make sure they're not failing and they can make it to basketball. You know, you're just like, I don't know. It is very true. In fact, I think someone had said, um, I don't want to say it was a statistic. I'd have to go back. But even time blocking or having dates for intimacy with your spouse. Yes. Like that, that can feel like people go, well, it's cold or I don't want it to feel mechanical. But they said that if you, a lot of times, if you don't schedule it, you won't do it at all. Mm -hmm. So it's either you have to let go of that. I don't want to schedule it. It loses the kind of organic part of my life rather than actually, I know we're going to have a connection time at least these two or three times uh, a day. I no, think, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I think for us women, the, the way I've heard it best explained is when you wake up and you know you're going to put your sexy stuff on that day, like you're just starting your day with the mindset Yeah, that helps you build up for it. Whether that means you're going to be like mopping up your baby spit up or you're at work, you're still like thinking of and yes. mindful that day. And you don't have to share it with your husband. Nope. It could just be your own personal quote unquote scheduling it of just like, hey, I want to make sure because I know busy working women working moms you're not sometimes even thinking about it you're like mm-hmm. I could live without it <laughs> you're like oh my gosh oh it's been two weeks I had no idea and they're like I had an idea <laughs> that's right so yeah if it's something that you're like I want to prioritize it's not I hate it but I just it's not you have to figure out how yeah 
So what do you do like when you look at your schedule? Do you match that up with your spouse or with or do you, is it your own? And then you have certain hours that you do that. How do you? Yeah, we share. So one of the colors is shared. So we this is more of either we're both at it or it's something that we both need to be aware of. So we just have the understanding some of it. Maybe it's just for me, but he needed to know that so he doesn't schedule something else during that time. Um, yeah, I love it. I was thinking about how as we're going into the holidays to not lose ourselves in the middle of busy, in the middle of demands, and almost like our schedules being interrupted because you're not having school five days a week with your kids <laughs> and you're not having these basic kind of almost like landmarks in your in your life. Um, the idea that you are scheduling God time or health or connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going into the holidays and we'll talk about it in our next episode next week, but even like scheduling that Ben and I would go for a walk every morning on the holiday week just to like be connect for a minute before we get into the cycle of everything, everyone being here or us going somewhere else. So calendars, number one. Yeah. Evaluate. Were, were you pretty brutal with what you added and what you didn't or what, did you try to fit it all in or how do you do it? I think I'm, I'm pretty brutal, but I honestly would just say it releases so much guilt and shame because you're just like, this is the time I have in the day. And then protecting Sabbath rest, which w- I would say my most cross boundary, we actually talked about it at Truth Academy on Monday and our Vision Monday call together. But I would say I'd been experiencing almost like this betrayal of self because I was pushing past it all the time. Because it's like I put it on my calendar else it never happens. There's right. another example of an important thing that will never happen if it's not on your calendar. Something will always take its place. And so I'd been putting it on my calendar, but, you know, it was a Monday morning starting at 8 a.m. with Sabbath. And somebody's like, oh, I, I could meet you at 9. It's the only time this week. And so I'm like, okay, I'll just move it. You know, that way, the other thing is to not deleting something that's important, but moving it. Because if you can't move it, then you realize, oh, I'm actually just not doing this important thing in my life anymore. So if it's husband time, God time, whatever oh, that is. good. So the idea of I'm not going to delete it, I'm going to move it, but I couldn't move it because everything else is full. So I think a boundary, like you've taught about even last week, boundaries are actually to protect ourselves. We're not putting it on somebody else. So then I might even be villainizing that person. Like I remember who that was that I had that meeting with. That's not her fault. That was mine. Like the boundary was on me to protect myself. She didn't even know about it. So it's that betrayal of like, I need to hold fast to what I'm saying so that I can stay connected to the most important things rather than another meeting that could have probably waited. That is really good. I love it. I remember talking to my counselor and I was so mad because we'd have these meetings on Tuesday and here I was a young mom of of three and a half at that point. And I would tell her, you know, I'm just so upset because they run late and then they get to go home and their wives have made dinner and I have to go home and nurse the baby and make some dinner. And I have a full day ahead of me. Like at the end of the day, I have a full day. Yes. And she said, why don't you just get up and leave? And I said, well, you know, it's work and these guys are hanging out and we're, it's going long. And, and she said, well, you're not just going to get up and leave. You're going to set it up by saying, I have a hard stop at five. You're going to see me get up and slip out. It's not because I don't want to be here, but I have to get, I have to actually start other things at that moment. So just so you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not just leaving, but I actually have a purpose. And, and then she said, but then you're going to have to get up and do it. And that was the hardest part because of the shame of like, what will they think? And they don't think I'm, I'm contributing like all the men in the room. And, you know, do they think that I can't do my job and do mothering? And then I had to go back to, I want my kids and husband to get me in the evening, not late, not exhausted, but actually prioritizing 
So it was only when I set up that dinner time as valuable and that that was kind of sacred, yes. that's when I could interrupt the shame. So I mm, love that idea. That's really good. Of that it lets you off the hook. I like love that. So how do you... Which one example there have is finding, this is different for everybody listening for a different season, but is there something in that in-between that will recharge you? Because I found I would go home bitter because I'm like, like mm-hmm. I'm, it's you don't have a second to let your hair down. So like it might be a five or 10 minute practice, but what would be a practice in that in-between for you to then go into the next thing recharged? We had a season, we're not in it right now, but Cole and I had a season where somebody was picking up our kids these certain days a week. And then we were in the office together till that late time and then we'd go. So we started doing happy hour together. Okay, fantastic. It was amazing. It was such a game changer for our marriage in that season. Um, or there were times where when I was stay-at-home mom and he was coming from the office and he was in an exhausted season, he made a rule. He took a 20-minute nap on his couch in his office before he came home. So he came in excited, ready to play, ready for me to go have a break. That's brilliant. So anyways, finding what is that that middle time that you could really go into the next world because you're like so right. It's a whole other job you're going into. And instead of being bitter of like they don't even know what I'm moving yeah. over to. Yeah. For me, it's like sometimes the young single girls that I'm like, I, I wish I could stay on the phone with you, but I'm going to work like three other jobs right now. I can't. So finding what will recharge you before you go into that next mode. I love that. I, I know the, I mean, not, you're saying this is a new thought. I've not had this thought, but I do definitely do the walk. I get out and do a five minute walk before I do the next, I'll just get out and like, That's okay, awesome. I did a call and then I'm going to go out and do a quick little loop and then come back in. Um, or sometimes I'll sit in my car. And sometimes when I really want to get stress free is I'll pop on my Christmas music and just sit for a minute and I have Christmas music. And I just had this minute of like, and again, in the holidays and the, but just this like, I'm a woman. I'm alive. The holidays are coming. It's going to be beautiful. It's just this kind of, it's almost like it triggers a different part of my brain than the work and producing to the like feminine nurturing, whatever. Okay. So you prioritize what is important to you. You look at the color coding, those stay the same. And then how do you navigate? Like if someone says, I only have at 9am, I get that every single week by tons of different people that are like, I only need 10 minutes. Can we do it here? Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to explain that that's going to derail my whole day. Mm -hmm. So how do you navigate that when your priority is to connect or to be available to that person? Yeah. Well, I think when I, what I started feeling, not, I wouldn't even say shame, but what I realized and learned through this last example was I actually could have set a precedent and taught a lesson and created the culture I want to create by saying I'm actually unavailable because this is what I'm prioritizing. Because sometimes I've heard the advice of like, put these things on your schedule so you can just say, oh, I am busy and you're busy, you are. But I'm like, actually, I think we should say what we're busy doing. Do. We're busy taking a moment to rest or we're busy having a marriage moment, whatever that is. So I think communicating it to the person of this is why and just it creates that healthy culture that you could do that too. Like you could say no because of this. But if it's somebody that you're like, no, I truly would want to connect with, what I've done is I just have found shortcuts to that. So I think a shortcut is like Marco Polo or Voxer or a quick audio message or even a quick FaceTime, but it saves the drive time, it saves the meeting, it saves the small talk before and after. Um, I know some workplaces even use Marco Polo as like their water cooler time. So you're like, okay, we we are, maybe if you're a work at home person, we have so many jobs now, right, that are remote working, but then they save Marco Polo for this is where you'd have the water cooler talk of like, oh, it was just your daughter's 16th birthday. How'd it go? So figuring out how you can create spaces for connection with that person that you're like, I would love to connect, 
I don't have 10 minutes in that way because of where I have to be. But why don't you send me a quick, uh, you know, audio message update or jump on Marco Polo. Obviously, there's some people you don't want to know <laughs> that you are Marco Polo. <laughs> but depending on what right, your desire is. of connection with that person is, I think it's just a shortcut for still, they're still going to feel seen, valued, and known and connected with you by that. Maybe even more so than a whole meeting. That is brilliant. And I've seen you do that. And I've watched you like interact with that. Sometimes if I get a long voice memo and I don't have time to listen, I'll text under that and say, I would love to listen to this later. If there's anything critical I need to know, text it to me. That's so good. Because then I'm not stuck going, you know, the person saying, I sent you a message and you, I don't even have time to lo- listen. And if there isn't anything critical that I know, okay, I can relax and listen to this like when I have a minute. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, hey, my mom's in trouble or, you know, I'm in trouble, then I don't want just a voice note. It's hard to edit. Yes, you might So forget. it's nice to know, yeah, what it is and who it is. Um, I love that. I love Speaking that. Speaking of workplace, Slack, which we use with yes. Disable, they can audio message and it transcribes it. So finding an app, if you're like, oh, that would save my life if I could have that. Just knowing Slack does it. So I'm sure there's other organizations that do but you can leave the voice memo and it literally puts the transcription right next to it. So you could read it or listen to it. Okay. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. That's significant. I love that. Um, sometimes I've used chat GPT. Not a lot. I promise. It's only a couple of times I've tried it, but I'll send, take the text that someone sent me and I'll just write, write me a response. And then it will literally write you a response, which is it acknowledges what they said. And then if you have to uh, write a response, but add this detail. So I'm not sitting trying to think, because I actually like to make things warm. I'm not a very one-word answer in life. Um, And I have friends that are really good at responding, but if I didn't know them, it would just be kind of like, nope, yep, I don't know. And you're like, oh my gosh, are you mad when you said nope? Or I don't, I can't understand it. I'm so, such a visual like learner. And so I tend to probably overthink that when I respond to people. It's like, oh, I need a minute so I can write something that really matters that reflects me. And um, so it's stuff I'm working on. I do not have that all solved. But that idea of is this an answer that needs to be right away without it being pretty or can it just be responded later in a nice way? I have not done that yet, which I need to do. Okay, so we're talking about calendar number one, getting your priorities set. I would probably assume you you also sit with your significant other and you think about what's important to you, but also like exercise time with God. Mm -hmm. I love the little shortcuts of how can I... I used to call it when I traveled, it was like onboarding and offboarding, which was, you know, that's where we crashed and land. I mean, in my life, it is not the meeting. It is not the moment. It is onboarding and offboarding where I make, it's disastrous. I can come home from a trip and Ben and I, it's just the way that I literally can say, where's the car? You know, did you get this? And just, or come in and take over the family. And he's like, listen, I've been here for three days. So it is like really critical that those kind of, like one thing that really I set out to do was every time I come home, I'm going to find Ben, kiss him, look at him and just say, I love you. Thanks for being with the boys this time. Mm. Just that moment, because often it was loving all the four boys, cuddling my dogs, making sure, oh my gosh, the dogs don't have any water, no food. You know, the kids <laughs> want me to know what they brought them back or whatever. And so just little habits that let me onboard and offer, but I've not done that um, in meetings and I've seen people do this really well where they will off, like they'll, they'll leave the meeting and then the next 20 minutes you get a text of all the things that they were going to send you mm-hmm. or they'll sit in a meeting and say, oh yeah, you want that? And they'll take a minute to do it. Yeah. 
and my dad's good at that. And I like, that's a really good idea to just do it then mm -hmm. rather than thinking I'll do it later. Yeah. Okay. So calendar for a working woman is critical for boundaries. You set that up. I personally agree with you. I think it's really kind to tell people why you have, why you have that boundary. Mm -hmm. Like I actually, I really spend time with the Lord between this hour. So I'd love to do it after rather than I'm busy. Yeah. Cause the I'm busy is, it's kind of like nobody quite knows if you're avoiding them or they, <laughs> and so I like that we're almost teaching culture of like, Hey, this is what we prioritize. Yeah. So, um, as a working woman, is there any other secrets that you go, this is, this is a game changer for me? I mean, the game changing advice that I have to repeat to myself all the time is that there will always be a task left on the to-do list that that will always happen. Like, I think there was, the, I remember my early years of working and trying to figure it all out. Cole would tell me repeatedly, he's like, there's always going to be a list. You have to figure out how to turn off and unplug. So re recognizing that and being able to say, that's my boundary then. Like I gave it my best today. I gave it my all. These were my hours. I think it gets even muddier for those who are working from home. So I think having really physical boundaries around your work, like where is your workspace so that you can be in it and turn on and then leave it and turn off. Um, what are your hours? What is your availability? Making it super clear. But I think knowing there's always going to be a task list and you have to learn how to unplug, even from home, so that even for the stay-at-home moms listening, I'm like, hello, like there's always a task list. Everybody's undoing everything you did all day. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, I did dishes and laundry and cooking and cleaning and, and it's all undone. turned the laundry basket over. Awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think realizing there's always going to be something. So what's your turnoff point? That's brilliant. So you need to have really physical boundaries around this is my turnoff point or this is where I shut the door and I say, see you tomorrow or whatever the end time is, is really figuring that out. I like that idea that that bottom of the list is going to be there forever. So stop trying to chase that last thing. You can't. And, and I also found as a working woman and a working mom at that is that there are certain people in my life that their to-do list is everything to them and they want me to finish their to-do list. And so they will hound me about, what about that email? What about that text? And I will think that is your to-do list. That's not my to-do list. And my job is not to finish your to-do list. Yeah. And you really have to edit that because there's this part of it where you realize, I'm now I feel like I'm working for them and I'm realizing that this is not a priority but I'm busy answering stupid questions yeah. because they want to leave on a Monday or leave on a Friday having that that sheet empty. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of dealing with that. And I and I think being aware of how certain people will interact with you because of their own anxiety yeah. or their own kind of marks of success so versus like, nope, that's not my mark of success. And sure. like a single woman who goes home and she gets her Friday night and we're like, actually, we have play dates and we got to get dinner and I stop by Costco to get pizza for dinner and pick up toilet paper we're out of. And so there's a whole thing that's my to-do list is not that moment. Mm -hmm. So... So I love that. Yes. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? Okay. I have one more. Yes. We'll, we'll make it happen fast, but we had a side conversation about it. So I'm like, I know you'll think, but even, it reminded me when you said for working women, I think something that's not talked about that I know you wouldn't be afraid to talk about is what are the physical boundaries as a working woman? Ooh. Oh, right. This is a good one. Yes. Because so there's mental boundaries, there's emotional boundaries, there's physical boundaries. How do we stay really healthy while we're in the workplace? But I think one of the physical boundaries of, is it a handshake or is it a hug? Is the door office open or closed? What if the person wants to ride in the car together to a place because it's just quick? What are those physical boundaries that you're going to set to, you, I think you said it in the first episode, like an affair doesn't start in a bedroom. 
And so I think it's really unique in the workplace, especially when it's completely, you might be a single woman listening too, but what are your boundaries as a single woman or as a married woman when it comes to the workplace and your relationship with the opposite sex? So you're really going to drop this at the end of the podcast? No. Well, I I will say this, a thousand yeses, and it's something we never talk about, but it is the place of the most, um, like, anxiety, confusion, even violation. So I think about it like logically as a Californian, which we are, we have certain boundaries. I think that in other, even states, different places, there's a little bit more laxed. But Mm -hmm. initially I think about um, the questions I kind of filter for my boundaries are, um, could this be used against me? So is there something that I did that, you know, I, that somebody could say I did something, but I have no valid reason that I can say that that didn't happen. So if I'm not alone and I don't have the door closed and I'm not texting late at night and I'm not, then no one can assume something negative. They can assume it, but the, but the kind of the boundary around, I will not allows me. So some of the practical things you and I talked about this week was when I'm on the road, I, I get my own rental car. And that might seem like, why do you need your own rental car? And yeah, I live in a small town and I want to hit Target when I want to hit Target. But I also really like being able to protect my physical space that I don't get stuck in someone's car, someone dropping me off. I I like to have the sense of autonomy and, and boundaries around where I am and where I go and who goes with me. And that isn't always within your control when you're traveling. I also um, don't, I don't let people walk me to my hotel room. I don't let, even when someone will, if they do happen to be at the hotel and we're, we're guests speaking at the same event, I will not go up the elevator with that person, which sounds so ridiculous, but listen, those are the things. So I just act distracted. I'm going to get another key. I'm going to get a water bottle in the cafe. I don't, I don't, I'm not like, why don't you go up and I'll follow you like nothing, (laughs) but I'm very intentional. Um, If I'm talking to another leader or speaker, that's a male, I always bring up their wife. I always acknowledge that they're married that they have, that that I know they're married and that they are a partnership and a pair. So I will even mention, even if they're not there, you know, hey, so I'd love that. And how are you guys doing? And I mention their names like as a boundary of like, hey. And then I think also um, if I go into a room and there's a, a guy, it could be security, it could be a pastor, um, I don't stay in that room alone. I tend to either go, hey, where's the host? Or, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I tend to kind of exit because, again, it's that protection. Yeah. What are so things exactly. that you do physically? Because I know you're a pastor on staff. I, I mean, you're pastor at church. Mm-hmm. But also, you've been in the world of travel as well. How yeah. do you navigate that? Well, I think in the workspace, one that would probably apply to everybody is just the the writing alone. Because that just happens awkwardly. And it feels awkward because when you have to be like, hey, actually, we don't do it. It sounds like we have an issue. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's just a boundary that really keeps us all protected. Um, so like the riding alone to a meeting or whatever, we don't do that. But honestly, even coffee shop work is a lot. Of, I think a lot of people do that where you might have a group of you go meet up and work from a coffee shop. But when people start to trickle out, if it's just me and a guy lift, then I'm like, I move on. I go to another table or I leave and go to another coffee shop or leave it to go home. So those are some really practicals. Um, but what's funny is just young women have been asking me about it lately. Yeah. So I think it's just this unspoken, like, but wait, like, can can my spouse, like, go have lunch with this person? I'm like, well, it's up to you. But our boundary is, yep, we would choose not to. So I would, I would not, I would not go to lunch by myself 
And this is not because I think they're a pervert, I'm a pervert. Yeah. I think the idea that, um, well, first of all, in ministry, people think it's family. And <laughs> I'd love to say, we are the body of Christ. We are family. But the men that I lead with are not my brothers and not my dad. Yeah. Like as much as I want them to be, yes. and I'll treat them like a brother, they are not. And so I have to, I'm not naive to that, to think that, that this is, we are working professionals. We are leading together. So some of those things are, you know, I don't text late at night. I don't, if, if you text me at 10 o'clock at night, I'm probably not going to at 1130 text you back. And that's not because anything, I just, it's like, you are my work. You work with me. We are professionals. And so sometimes in the church world, it can be strange. That's true. But I think in regular life, um, uh, you know, if it's something that, sometimes it could be a casual thing, but I'll tend to do group text messaging yeah. if it's something that's more personal, because why? I don't need to have a separate. I don't, I don't DM people. I think that's a really good boundary, Very good right? Boundary. If yes. you're working with people, yes. um, no matter if you like their Instagram and you can follow their socials, but there's no reason you should be in their DMs. Like, you're just really not. That's a good Don't boundary. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and it's group not you. You can include, like, if I mine's an encouragement, then I'm like, I'll group text to including our spouses. Because I'm like, there's necessary, especially when you're leading the opposite sex, maybe that's younger. You're like, oh, I need to encourage, but then I, I include the wife. Yep. Yeah, but DMs should be the DMs should a be, good yeah. online. Your socials should be private, and, and you can enjoy them. You can be, you know, I follow a lot of my friends on socials, but I, I do not do, we don't, you're not, they're not going to find me in the DMs. Yeah. Just not. And I also think it's, I mean, I don't know how to respond when someone's DMing me privately. I'm like, it's great. We're friends. I don't think anything's weird, but I just think I'm telling you any kind of weird interaction I've had, and I've had a few, it comes, it starts casual and then it flips. And when it flips, you think, what is going, like, this is weird. I remember one time I was in LA and I was on a, on TBN better together. And there was a friend of ours he was a pastor and it, he, I had posted about being in LA and it was probably nine o'clock at night. And I got a text from him, which I was surprised that he even had my number. Cause usually, and it, and it wasn't bad that he had it, but cause it was just odd. He hadn't texted me at all. And then he said, Hey, I'm in LA too. Um, why don't I come over and we can come have like, we can have, we can meet at the restaurant and have a meal. And I'm thinking at 10 o'clock at night. No, no. Like, and you know what I did? I didn't even respond because I felt like it's, I'm not even, we're not even having this conversation. Yeah, like work. we're not even having, we're, you cannot, we're not engaged. I'm not engaging. Well, what if he th gets his feelings hurt? Or what if he thinks, oh, well, I'm not responsible for how he thinks, Yeah. but I am responsible for that little part that says it's fine. And then I don't know. I just think you got to be really aware of your vulnerabilities or somebody else's. Yeah. You don't know their motives. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've been protected and thank God I've lived a pretty, pure life in this way but it's those boundaries that set it up so I don't get caught in weird yes you know you find girls that we lead that are like it got weird and you think because you didn't have the boundaries that would have kept you from it being weird in the first place yep 100 percent. yeah it's tricky I love that physical boundaries we'll talk more about that in the next episode but Kate this has been so good it's so good um calendars priorities physical boundaries how are you going to interact with your counterpart whether it's male or female what's your boundaries in that and your social boundaries we, we covered a lot today. yeah we did so next week we're going to talk about boundaries in the holiday i can't wait to talk about this because oh i know there's a lot going on and i have 19 people coming to my house so i'd like to talk about boundaries um you guys i hope you enjoyed this i want to know i want you guys to know something i'm really excited about this is kind of my last moment I have a brand new book coming out called Created to Hear God. I have been working on this book 
this has been my passion project for the last two and a half years. But honestly, this has been my life's work for the last 20. And this book is about discovering your unique prophetic personality. Which filter or method does God use to speak to you? And there are four distinct ways that God interacts with us. And uh, so this book is all about it. So we talk about being a knower, a seer, a feeler, and a hearer. And some of you might know what you are, but this book is, goes in, in depth. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Where is it in the Bible? How do I grow? How do I connect? It's just the most thorough handbook on hearing God's voice, interacting with God yourself, teaching others how to hear God's voice, respecting how other people hear God and all the things. So it's a big launch in December, but it is now available for pre-order on Amazon and in order to reward you for your planning ahead and getting the book, we have a ton of pre-order gifts for you. So go to the link in the show notes, click that Created to Hear God button, and we'll take you right there and you'll see. I mean, we're giving a whole course on this. There's so many things I'm like, wow, this is a lot. Uh, but it will not be available if you don't buy the book pre-order. So that's the only way to get the perks and the benefits and the bonuses. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you pre-order that for Christmas. And if nothing else... Have a great week and we'll see you next time.